That's got to be one of my favorite songs because our faith and our love is a response to his faith and his love towards us. We love because he first loved us. And that's good news. Can we give it up for our band? Come on. I just love it. I love our band. Thank you all. You may be seated. I love having the kids in here. I have not had a service with the kids in the service, and that's by design. Every time we plan this, I'm out of town on purpose. Because my kids, right, are amazing. Right, Scarlett May? Yeah. So if you're curious why there's pools up front, you're going to understand here in a minute. I'm going to have kids help me demonstrate an illustration for us. It's going to be a lot of fun for me. And I think some of you were scared to sit in the front row here. A little bit, a little splash protection. We're going to have some fun today in our kids' ministry service. It's going to be short, like 15 minutes tops. And some of you are timing me now. And here's the point. It did, yeah. If you are a part of this church and you have your cell phone number in our database, we sent out a text this week asking you to fill out a 10-question survey to give us some feedback. Several of you did that. We were very encouraged by some of the responses. We were very challenged by some of the responses. But one of the things that we found funny and ironic is one of the questions is, do you know our church mission statement? And many of you, and by many, I mean overwhelmingly, many of you said that the church mission statement is that you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't know if I'm disappointed or overjoyed, Because that's a pretty good statement. So we realize that at the end of every service, we're probably going to be adding something to it. Because our mission statement is actually that we connect people to life. Some of you even uh, said that big thing, sign on the front as you walk in, that life is better connected. That's also true because you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it. And life is better connected. And so we designed this service with an opportunity for you to stay after. It's a short service on purpose so that you can stay and connect because that's what this church is all about. It, it, it is pointless for you just to come and be entertained for an hour to just leave and not connect with human beings because you need people in your corner. Come on, you need people in your corner. And uh, it's fun to preach with the kids because that means Pastor Tish gets to be in here. And if you're a parent of young kids, can we just give it up for Pastor Tish? <clears throat> we thank you, Pastor Tish. You're amazing. My kids love you more than me, and I couldn't be more ecstatic about that. But you are incredible. In fact, you don't know this unless you've talked to her, but she is releasing a book here soon, and I read the book front to back, and it is amazing. And the title of her book is uh, My Journey to Wholeness, and it's pretty much an autobiography of her life journey. And if you think you know Tish, you don't. Because I thought I'd known Tish, and I read some of the things that she's experienced, and I was like, oh my goodness, why are you in the church, and why do you love Jesus? Because you've gone through some stuff. And it's an incredible testimony of God's goodness in her life. And I love the title of this, because the title is My Journey to Wholeness. Because at Hill City Church, we don't believe that you're broken. You have broken experiences. You have trauma in your life that has created an illusion of brokenness, but you have always been whole. You were created whole, and you will always be whole because if you're made in God's image and likeness, he can't create broken things. Okay, some of you, 
you get around some religious people and they're like, uh-uh, I disagree. You can disagree all you want. You'll still be loved here. But you are whole. And our job as pastors is to help remind you and walk with you through this journey for you to understand that you are whole. You're whole to bring wholeness to other people. That's our assignment. And so I got a, I got a short mini-sermon. You ready? Childlike faith versus childish faith. Got to speak about children when the children are in the building, right? You ready? Okay, a couple short verses. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus was speaking. Uh, Matthew's recording what Jesus is saying. He's a tax collector. He says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, I'm going to talk about the kingdom of heaven because that's not talking about an afterlife destination. But who, in the, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, Unless you change, speaking to adults, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This wasn't talking about an afterlife destination. This was talking about a present reality. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven or another passage of scripture, the kingdom of God. It was established at Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's always been present. We must awaken to the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's alive and in you. We're not waiting for a better kingdom. We are the better kingdom because Christ in us. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. What I love about Jesus is he didn't have a problem with their desire to be great. That's what I love about Jesus. You get around some church folk, and they'll tell you how you're not supposed to be striving for greatness. And I agree, kind of, because you have to understand that it's not about striving for greatness. It's about recognizing that you already are great. Jesus did not have a problem with their desire for greatness. He had a problem with what they thought greatness was. Because greatness in the kingdom of God is becoming like a child. Childlike faith versus childish faith. Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, it says this. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the, king, or called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And again, I just want to reiterate, this is not talking about an afterlife destination. Jesus was speaking to Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't even believe in afterlife. Did you know that? So he wasn't talking about an afterlife destination. And the Pharisees believed that they had to earn or work for a certain position to be able to enter the afterlife. But they still didn't really have an idea of afterlife destinations. What they understood or what they misunderstood was that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom that impacts your physical kingdom. Which means we are presently in the kingdom of God. We will always be in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is wherever the spirit reigns. And the spirit reigns in you. Well, come on, that's some good news. And so how do you enter the kingdom of God? Well, sometimes it's recognizing that childlike faith is actually the faith that Christ wants us to have. And when you think about children, there's a lot of things I could say. <laughs> children will believe you if you tell them anything. Some call that blind faith. Maybe Children have greater faith than us adults because as we go through life, we get skeptical, we get cynical, we get hurt, we get burnt, and we start to not believe like little children. However, Jesus challenged us to have childlike faith. So let's talk a little bit about childlike faith versus childish faith. 
faith. Because if I'm being honest, I have childish faith a lot. Do I have anybody that agrees? Okay, so we're all on the same page. So no one's getting beat up. There's no shame or condemnation. But let's go through a little list that I created. You ready? Okay. Childish faith is selfish and self-centered. But childlike faith recognizes God's love includes everyone and therefore challenges us to love everyone, even the people that vote differently than you. Ooh, daddy. Childish faith strives for position, affirmation, attention, and blessing, and you try to be good. You try to be good to get, right? Because God is a genie in a battle, baby. Come and rub me the right way, honey. You laugh, but come on. How many times I've been here in my faith journey is if I prayed hard enough Has anybody been told wrongly that you didn't have enough faith and that's why something poorly happened in your life? That's hogwash. How many of you, I used to start the year with a fast because I believed that my fast would get God out of his throne and move on my behalf. I used to give because I believed that if I gave, I would have a financial blessing. And all of a sudden, we've narrowed down Christian living to do certain Christian things because we think that by our Christian behavior, we can get God to move, and God is not a genie. That's childish faith. Childlike faith rests in knowing who your dad is. Therefore, you recognize your permanent position as royalty. You stop seeking affirmation and attention because you recognize you already have the Father's affirmation and attention. And you stop striving for a blessing because you recognize that you're already blessed to be the blessing for other people. Childish faith expects God to protect you from pain, difficulties, and suffering. But childlike faith trusts God in the middle of pain, difficulties, and suffering. In fact, Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good. Notice that it doesn't say that all things are good because not everything is good. But God can work together all things for good. In fact, he gives us the greatest example by wrapping himself in flesh and experiencing and empathizing with us in pain, suffering, and difficulties. I can relate to a God who can relate to me. Childish faith lives in fear. Childlike faith trusts in spite of outside circumstances. So let's have some fun. You ready to have some fun? All right. Remember, we were in this Eden series, and we talked about the Garden of Eden, and I brought up Ezekiel chapter 47, where this prophet was taking Ezekiel to a river, and it said that as he walked by the river, the water was ankle deep, and then he went a little bit further, and it was knee deep, and he went a little bit further, and it was waist deep, and a little bit further, and they were swimming in the water. And it was this imagery, or what's this word? What's another word for imagery? Sure, that word. About this idea, because... Ezekiel 47 verse 9 says that where the river flows, everything will live. And so the whole idea of Arden was re- Eden, Arden. The whole idea of Eden was recognizing that the Garden of Eden is alive and active in you, that you should be tending your garden so that when people come into your garden, into your space, that they leave refreshed and full of life because you have a garden to tend and you should be living in a way that brings life because life is better connected. You see how I just worked all that together? That was really clever. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our, our lead pastor, Shanik, to come join me. And I'm going to ask Shanik son, Jude. Jude, you ready for this? Come on up here, buddy. Come on, Shannon. And then I'm going to ask my wife, Julia, because I can't have fun without making fun of my wife. Shannon, 
Can you stand in front of this pool? Jude, can you stand in front of this pool? My wife, you get the little cute little pink one. And Henry, come, come over here. Now, Scarlett was really disappointed that she didn't get to participate in this, and we are not sexist here. So do you want to participate in this, Scarlett? You can participate with your brother. No, she says no, because as soon as you put her on the spot, she's all talk. She is all bark, no bite. You guys can take off your shoes if you want, because we're going to get a little wet. Cool? Do you all trust me up here? Jude, now, I delivered you. Is Mel here? No, she's not here. Uh, For those of you that don't know, if I were to arrive at the hospital, if you give birth, I'm putting on gloves, just so you know. And so my first picture with Jude was like two hours, you were two hours old, and I was holding you with gloves. You what? I've seen it. He's seen it. Do you trust me, Jude? Yeah. Oh, childlike faith. Thank you for helping my illustration. Now, this is my son, Henry, and he just backed away. You can take your socks off. Oh. oh. Do you trust me, son? 50-50. I mean, that's a pretty good response. I, I, why don't you trust me 100? Why 50-50? Stage fright? I don't know. <laughs> You can be honest. You can say whatever you want without any repercussions. Julia says no because she's aware of the language that is used in our house. Go ahead. You can say it. Okay. Good choice. Stand in front of the pool. Now, my beautiful bride, do you trust me? 50-50. Touche. And this is why I love Shanik more than my bride. Do you trust me? 100. Oh, and that is what you call a bromance. Chris Crawford is jealous. Look at him. He's all red. You jealous, Chris? You want to come up here and join us too? No, he says no. So let's do a story like Ezekiel chapter 47. I'm the great prophet because I have the microphone and I am bringing you to the stream. So these pools are figurative streams. So first what happens is they get into the stream ankle deep. So go ahead and step into the pool ankle deep. Is it a little cold? Go ahead, step into the... Julia, you were hesitant. The last one. Come on, ankle deep. There you go. So they were in the river ankle deep. And you know what happens in life as you go through this journey of life? Your faith gets tested and you experience different things and people you don't like. And it's okay not to like everybody. We're not a church that says you got to like everybody. You do have to love everybody, but you don't have to like everybody. But then they get a little bit further in their faith journey and they get knee deep. So why don't you guys go ahead and get on your knees in the water? Go ahead. Look at... Henry and Jude right away. What are you doing, Huckleberry Finn? Oh, you're getting down on your knees? One knee. He's Tim Tebowing it. Julie, are you going to get down on your knees? You don't have to. I'm not forcing you to do any of this. She says, not a chance. You look cute, by the way. Oh. And then they go a little bit further in their faith journey, and they get waist deep. So why don't you go ahead and sit on your booties? Everybody sit on... Oh, Jude, no hesitation. Look at... 
Hold on, don't lay down yet. Just sit. This is sitting, that's right. You're right. You're done? You're not going to get on your butt? So then they go a little bit further in the river, and it says they were swimming in the pond, or in the river. So why don't you guys go ahead, and you can lay down, Jude. Just a coup matata, you know? The world is yours. Oh, look at that, like little cannonball. Come on, Henry. You going to lay down for me? Go ahead. Get all the way in the pool. Julia, you going to lay down in your little mini petty? Henry, you going to get neck debt deep? Come on. You hear your mother? All the way. You see how rude she was? Do you trust her 75-25? Are you the last one to, to trust me, Henry? If you get in, there could be a prize. I'm not forcing him, Scarlett. He's a grown boy who's eight years old and can make a decision on him, his own. Man, do you guys, this is funny. You don't have to stay there anymore, Jude and Henry. They, let's give it up for our contestants. Come on. All right, Julia, get your nasty feet out of the pond. There's towels over there. You, Jude, you can stay there if you want. Can we give it up for them one more time? Come on. Jude said, I don't want to get out. I love it. This simple illustration kind of reveals our own faith journeys, doesn't it? Are, are you about to pick up what I'm putting down? You see, you might... Did we get that on camera? Jude, you all right? Hey, be careful, my son. <laughs> Jude, you should be upset at your dad. Henry, you just dropped the towel in the pool. Those good times. Couldn't, couldn't prep that one. See, what happens in our journey in faith is you might think that the children were being childish because they just trusted anything I had to say. I want to argue this morning that the children were actually having childlike faith and our lead pastor and my wife were the childish ones. And here's why. What happens in life and what happens in the faith journey is we do get burnt out. We get cynical. We get hurt. We deal with trauma that creates the illusion of brokenness. We have pain. We go through high highs and low lows. God, are you involved? God, are you there? And all of a sudden, when God shows up, we don't like what God asks us to do. Why? Because what we like most, what the adults like most, even in our faith journey, is control. When God tells you to do something, if it seems unfamiliar or if it seems a little bit risky, what happens is, is we often say, we know best, that is uncomfortable for us, so I'm going to stay in my pool of comfort. I'll get ankle deep, but I won't get knee deep, I won't get waist deep, I won't go swimming, even if you ask me. And I love what the kids did, is because the kids just trusted. Yeah, it was a little bit fun, but maybe it's because they view life a little bit more fun than us adults. Yeah. You see, childish faith, childish faith is boring. It causes overthinking, control, and we worry. And you know, 
If you get around people long enough, especially the older folk, they'll say things like, I'm just walking my faith in wisdom. I don't get into the pool. I don't get into the water because I'm wise. And oftentimes that might be true, but I wonder how many times we hide behind wisdom when what we're really doing is worrying. What we're really doing is not trusting because childlike faith is fun. Childlike faith is adventurous and childlike faith is full of joy. And so that's all we have for you this morning. I want to encourage you. Be somebody like a child in your faith journey where you bring the fun back to your circle of friends, where you bring the adventure back to your own walk with Jesus. God is not so concerned about the ups and downs of your faith as much as he's concerned about you recognizing his permanent presence in your life in the ups and the downs. And let me tell you this. We're about to dismiss, and I'm going to encourage you to connect with people. Don't just leave. Don't just leave without connecting. Because sometimes you need people in your corner to help walk life with you when you don't feel like walking life with Jesus. And I want you to know real loud and real clear in this church, you don't have to believe everything we believe to belong. You don't have to be on the exact theological bend that we are. But you do have to connect with people because you need people in your corner to be able to lift you up when you don't feel like walking. And so as a church... As a church, we want recognize that we want to create this space. Sometimes connection doesn't just happen naturally. So we are creating. Look, I'm done at 11.10. That's 20 minutes technically early, and usually I preach longer than that. So it's 30 minutes early, giving you an opportunity. We're going to feed you so you don't have to go out to lunch. It's free food. We got games for the kids. We have coffee for the adults. If you want to stay and connect, here's your opportunity to meet some people. Go out of your way. Don't just sit at tables with people you're familiar with and comfortable with. Go out of your way to meet some people. Who knows? The person that might become the best friend for you in this next season of life might be sitting catty corner to you right now. So take advantage of that. You good? Was that good? Well, church, that's all I got for you. You're loved, and there's nothing you can do about it because life is better connected. We'll see you in the lobby. Go connect with somebody.